What's up, everybody, and welcome to Land Parties, presented by BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Lucas Egan, and joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how's it going? Going well. Uh, another exciting weekend uh, in esports, in gaming. There's lots of news uh, to discuss, so I'm, I'm excited to sit down here with you and, and kind of go over some of that stuff with you guys. Yeah, we got a great show planned for you today, guys. We're going to talk some PlayStation, some Sonic, a uh, pretty cool convention coming up locally, but we're going to start with Overwatch League. Ryan, what did you see this past weekend? All right, so uh, this past weekend we were in, it was uh, Philadelphia's, uh, Philadelphia Fusion's homestand. Obviously, uh, they took advantage of that home playing field. They ended up going 2-0. and They went 6-1 and uh, on on uh, map play. They ended up tying uh, with New York as well, who also went 2-0. and uh, So they both had strong showings. You also had Vancouver come out with a 2-0 and uh, start to the season as well. However, they, they uh, their map play was 6-2, and whereas uh, New York and Philly uh, were both 6-1 and in map play. So they're obviously ahead of them uh, as far as standings wise. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a lot of, uh, I thought there was some good action uh, in here. Again, now you have, uh, so you have some of the other teams that didn't play in that initial weekend playing. So now we're kind of seeing uh, how the bigger picture of, of things are starting to play out. You still have some teams that haven't played any games yet, though. You still got like a, a good four or five teams that haven't played. So I, I'm guessing the next homestand is going to be out in Washington, D.C. Uh, this coming up weekend. So, and you got some big matches uh, coming up as far as with that Philly and and New York uh, will be playing. You know, right now they're sitting at the top of the uh, of the standings, um, so that's going to be huge. They're in the same conference as well, so that's a huge conference uh, uh, match uh, along with the standings overall. So uh, it's, it's turning out to be a, a, a good start to the uh, to the season. And, uh, you know, I, I've been enjoying the matches. There's all kinds of highlights. I'll try to get some into if we uh, get the get the video in and whatnot. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was good. It's something that, that that I'm curious about, too. And I know we kind of discussed this a little bit uh, before was uh, Jeff Kaplan and them doing these hero pool bands. Right. So when they implement this hero pool ban, which I'm not sure if they've set a date yet, uh, but you know, whenever they do that, this is also going to affect uh, the the uh, Overwatch League as well. And I always kind of find it interesting how how they go about doing this because they'll also introduce new heroes mid season, which I think is kind of <laughs> it's kind of funky because like you you like and they and they usually give it like a week when the the actual hero comes out before they actually put that hero. It's like a week or two before they actually put the hero into uh into the rotation as far as competitively so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see because we should be getting a new hero here next month i want to say there should be a new hero dropping hero 32 i believe uh and then uh within that same time frame we're going to see this uh the hero pool bands uh be implemented as well so i really think that these bands are going to kind of it's going to it's going to bring a different new factor into uh, competitive play. You're going to see metas changing uh, more frequently, which I know there's been a lot of people that have complained about that. So the fact that they're, they've they gone in and they're trying to attack that issue, uh, I think is, is fantastic. But it's going to be a different way for people to be able to play where you're going to have, um, I believe it's two DPS, two, uh, one, uh, one tank, and one healer that will be banned on a rotating basis. I believe it's every two weeks. Uh, so that should be pretty cool. But yeah, there were some exciting matches uh, uh, this past weekend. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to see how the band shake up, shake things up. You know, I uh, I say this with love because I do love playing Overwatch. Um, the the hero variety isn't there when you compare it to some of these other games, and so I think forcing some creativity, forcing some shakeups in the meta meta is going to be pretty interesting. I'll be. Uh, I, I am one of those that, that thinks it can get a little stale sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think any any forced creativity is only going to strengthen the product. Yeah, no, I agree. And a little side note, too. I saw something here on socials uh, here earlier. There There is, and I don't know if this is if this is true or not, but there has been a leak of an Overwatch animated series coming to Netflix. I am praying, I am praying, I am praying that this is real. I would love that, man. I mean, oh, my goodness. I don't have you seen The Witcher? Uh, I haven't yet. I still haven't watched The Witcher yet. Yeah, I mean, those series like those, uh, you know, they did one for Castlevania. I mean, let's do it. Let's go. I'm all for this. 
I agree. I mean, the, their lore for Overwatch is, uh, I mean, it's pretty extensive within their comics, their shorts that they've made as well. But I think you see from the from the fan base and from the people that actually play, they want to explore this, hence why Overwatch 2 is going to be a thing. Um, but the fact that they're coming out, because I, I, I mean, I was saying it before, I was like, man, you can you could take their stories and, and make a, a, a an animated movie out of this. Uh-huh. I was like, That'd be amazing. So the fact that they're, they've gone in and it seems like there's something that they're working out with now with uh, uh, Netflix that could be something coming to the future. Exactly. And, you know, to, to kind of touch back on what you were saying before, obviously a good showing by Philly. You know, this this matchup coming up with New York is going to be massive, you know, if, if nothing else to set the tone against a conference rival here and, and kind of, you know, not only get the league up, but... I mean, it's just good to make a, a statement early season. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, something that I'm curious about, too, is I wonder how much um, these homestands, like how much of this uh, uh, having a home advantage really helps them. You know what I mean? It's like, are they in the area where they're going to be playing and that's where they're doing their practicing? Like, does it have any kind of effect? Obviously, the travel and not having to travel is going to be a major factor uh, within that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to see if they really do see an advantage um, and in Washington, you know, they're going to be the host city. They actually have a matchup uh, with Paris uh, during that next homestand. They're both right now tied at sixth. So they're kind of middle of the pack. So it'll be nice to see that get broken up a little bit and see if we can get some uh, some separation between uh, some of these teams. You know, clearly these players get into their zones, but I have to imagine that that a home crowd does give you that little extra burst of energy, something you can feed off of. You know, it's a lot different. I guess I imagine, not saying from experience, it's a lot different having this home crowd behind you, urging you on. You know, I imagine that's got to just raise your adrenaline a little bit. It's got to help at least a little. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. It it, it would it would give you that uh that pumped up hype that you need, you know what I mean? You want to you want to have a good showing in front of the home crowd and whatnot. So, uh yeah, I get that. But kind of, you know, <laughs> so switching gears a little bit here. Uh I know that the last episode we talked about GeForce Now, this um uh Nvidia's GeForce Now, essentially the the uh, cloud gaming uh solution uh where it lets you play your games on Steam. Uh, you know, through Steam, you play whatever service you may have, and you can take it mobily, or you can play it on whatever device that you uh, that you have connected with the uh, GeForce Now. There was an interesting story that that came out, and 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 I, I talked about this on the CFG Gamecast as well, and I thought this was pretty interesting because from the articles that I was reading and whatnot, uh, as far as with this, I'm seeing Activision Blizzard pulls out of of GeForce Now. My instant reaction was. Mm, how dare you, Activision? How dare you guys are on a roll right now? Uh, but 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 and, and and that's like those were mainly the reports that I was seeing. Yep. I dove a little deeper and I actually read an article from The Verge and I got the actual story of what's going on here. So during the beta, you know, uh, for GeForce Now, they had all the games, uh, you know, all the publishers and and this and that. They had uh, they were working with them. The uh, the actual uh, product came out here about a week or so ago, and it turns out that um, Activision had gone back to GeForce them, said, hey, we'd like to renegotiate this contract uh, now that you guys are launching. Well, it turns out that uh, GeForce or NVIDIA never re-upped the contract with them, but they launched with their games on Ooh. on the system. So a week into it, afterwards, then they go in, you know, uh, Activision Blizzard says, no, you can't, you know, we, we wanted a new commercial contract. You guys, you know, weren't trying to trying to be about that. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and pull our games. So I thought it was kind of misleading, uh, at least from a media standpoint, just seeing that. I was like, oh, you know, the bad guy, Activision Blizzard. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't have much love for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Especially Activision, not so much. Uh, uh, but I mean, both of them have, have they've they've made some questionable uh, moves and decisions and whatnot. But uh, you know, it, it was it was weird. It was kind of interesting seeing that we weren't getting the full story, and it was just like, oh, they pull out their games and and how dare they? And like I was, I you know, and I was completely on that train. I was like, oh, it probably has something to do with money, and it did right. have something to do with money. But it turned out <laughs> that Nvidia was actually the ones that were in the wrong. And and the other interesting t- uh, thing as well is that that's why you had. Other publishers, Rockstar, Capcom, uh, all these bigger name uh, uh, publishers had also pulled out. They were hesitant. No one had signed a contract with them moving forward uh, because this is what you're going to see. This is almost like where 
I don't know if you if you think about like a direct TV and sometimes you'll see those messages. Hey, write your representative or whatever, because they're trying to take away your your whatever TV show. Yep. Uh, we got to make sure we get this. Now we're starting to see some of these people, especially with cloud gaming, where they're having to dive into this because there's no way that they put their their games on this platform for free. Right. It ain't happening. Nope. Not only that, but GeForce is also getting a subscription. There's a subscription-based... I mean, they have their free tier, but it's also a subscription-based thing. Uh, I mean, what makes sense is like, yeah, it's a win-win-win, but but we know corporations. <laughs> we know companies. You better give me a, a slice of that pie is what they're going to be saying. And that's what it looks like happened. And GeForce wasn't ready with a, a, a any kind of contract or anything that was uh, that was enticing to them. So they said, no, nope, we're going to pull our games. So right now, I mean, GeForce now is kind of, I don't know, it's not looking the best. It's looking more like it might be something good for like indie games, but they don't have any really big like AAA publisher, uh, publishers on there yeah well let me start by saying i guess i owe an apology to blizzard activision <laughs> sorry guys there's one time <laughs> i i was right there with you i mean my initial thought was those jerks like why would they do that you know and and diving deep into it is pretty interesting what a disaster i mean we were both on on the last episode calling it a stadia killer apparently g-force is is committing suicide here a little bit because <laughs> i mean i don't know how you let that oversight happen i don't know how you don't have a plan for that. But my goodness, these different cloud platforms are going to live and die and whether they can get this breadth of games on their platform. And the damage might already be done regardless of whether they could fix it or not. Right. And I know that they had, and, and in this interview or in this article as well, they talked about getting back, sitting back down on the, uh, at the table with these publishers and trying to reach an agreement with them to get these games on there. I want this to happen so bad because to me, this so far has been the most viable I guess for cloud gaming, the most viable thing that I've seen so far. Uh, so I really, really do want to see it succeed. But I mean, again, we know and we know corporations and this and that. There's no way that they're going to allow them to have access to their games without getting a cut of that pie. Uh, so they're going to have to, you know, sit down and and figure out uh, what to do if they want to be successful with it. Otherwise, I, you know, it, it, it's it. I'm sorry to say it. I think it's going to die along with Sadia if they don't do something about it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, their their timer's running out real fast. Like this this needs to get done and get done soon. Like they they the benefit of the doubt's gone and they got to get their act together. Uh it like I said, it just shocks me that they didn't have any plan, any thought, any foresight with this. Um you know, it it did bring up an interesting thought in my head here. You know, in a lot of these cloud pa- platforms, you know, getting those games is what's going to be key. How much of that is going to be key for you? Like, say, you're going to have some franchises, like, at least in the near future, Nintendo's not going to let go of any of their franchises right. into any cloud platform. Sony, for large in large part, doesn't seem like they're going to. Does that play into your decision on whether you buy into any, some of these platforms? Yeah, I think it does. I think it does a little bit because, again, I mean, for me, it's great that I can play video games wherever I want to on my phone, on my tablet, you know, whatever, uh, what have you. But if there's no games that I want to play, I don't care about the platform then. I don't care if if I have this ability because I don't have anything on there that I can play. Mm-hmm. So I think they need to be very smart about how they move forward with this. Because, again, this is kind of one of those defining moments, I feel, especially within cloud gaming, how developers are going to work together with these people that are developing these cloud solutions and, and what that infrastructure and, and, and what that looks like, I guess, Uh because again, this is still uh, it's still newer. It's still newer technology, so they're kind of trying to work the ins and out and how's it going to work. But uh, you know, of course, people are going to say, "I need to make my money too." You yep. can you can put my games on there; they can play, but I'm gonna need to make my money. Yep. Where where do you see a company like like a Nintendo that's notoriously slow to reacting to? anything current in technology for some reason. Uh, But, you know, they're a company that does not like to let go of their franchises. Do you see, like, where do you see a company like that in in terms of cloud gaming, what their future may be? I have a hard time. I think think Nintendo will be the last two. We've already seen now PlayStation's working with Microsoft so they can get into their cloud infrastructure and whatnot, Mm -hmm. which was a a super smart move by PlayStation. Instead of taking the time, the resources to go and try to develop their own proprietary thing, they said, you know what, Let's not be fools. We can see that people, you know, let's just let's work with Microsoft. They already have the infrastructure there. Brilliant. Makes sense. 
Nintendo, stubborn, stubborn Nintendo, <laughs> they will be the ones that will take 10 years to develop their own thing that is proprietary. They will not play nice. They never play nice with this kind of stuff. Um, and again, I, I kind of can see why, because they said, look, we're not hurting for sales. Right. We're still able to sell the things people are, you know, I mean, look at their uh, uh, their voice, their voice. Like, so there's not really like using a uh-huh. switch. Their voice, <laughs> their voice chat is terrible. Yep. It is the absolute yep. worst thing. Don't tell me I'm gonna play my switch, but I gotta also have my phone over here so I can do voice voice comms with people. It's like that is so it's just not practical or efficient. However, I think they did that purposely because the number I or I I don't know this. I'm just pulling I'm just pulling this out. Uh so this is not uh I, I don't know if this is an actual thing, but I would think that that I, I think it's skewed more towards a younger crowd. And I know uh, you know, speaking with uh, um uh one of our coworkers, Paris, uh her child, um, you know, it's it's uh uh she didn't want him playing online because she was afraid of people uh you know and, and which is rightfully so right it's like hey here's the thing about nintendo though it's like it is super difficult to do voice <laughs> chat on there so like you can do the online and and not have to worry about you know random trolls you know coming in and, and saying things that you don't want your child to hear uh so i i think they're smart within that but yeah i don't i don't nintendo will not play nice as far as with this uh i would be surprised uh if they do we'll see yeah, what worries me most about Nintendo is the other companies might be on version 5 of their cloud gaming platform. Nintendo <laughs> will be on version 0.5. Yeah. I mean, their online service, oh my goodness, still doesn't beat what Xbox had on the 360. Like, right. I, I, just, I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it doesn't make sense. Uh, but I think that's just them saying we're going to keep we're going to keep what we make. Within, we're gonna. It's gonna be fully proprietary to our our uh, infrastructure, our tools that you can use with it, and we're not gonna allow access uh, for for these other companies. Now, do I think that it'll happen at some point in time in the future? Absolutely, but again, I don't know if that's gonna be them creating their own proprietary thing for this, or will they play nice with some of these. Um, some of these companies that are that are developing these cloud solutions and then say, you know what, now you can offer us. But again, like we were saying before, that will come with a price. Yep. So it's unfortunate to see with GeForce now, uh, but hopefully they're able to make corrective action and uh, get things turned around because I really am excited for that technology. I think it's fantastic, and I think it may possibly start building out that future uh, uh, for cloud gaming. Hoping for the best. Let's let's hope they they bottomed out early. All right. And let's take a quick break for our sponsor, betonline.ag, and we'll be right back. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all things sports. March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day are right around the corner. And BetOnline has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. The best part is, when you sign up, you receive a 50% welcome bonus. The Wilder Fury rematch goes down this Saturday night. We can't think of a better way to wager on the fight than doing it with actual free money. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's super easy, and if you're already into betting, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And welcome back. That was just a message from our sponsors, betonline.ag. Moving forward, though, I wanted to talk about, I know that um, the, the new Sonic movie, came out and that is quite the interesting story um if you guys have not been following along with that uh essentially they came out here it was like probably mid to late last year actually i think it was like mid last year and they came out with a trailer for sonic and it was absolutely terrifying (laughs) (laughs) absolutely terrifying the the internet outraged and the, the 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 cool the cool crazy part about it is that they they went back they took the film back they reworked it obviously Sonic is the lead in this so you know this it was heavy on the VFX so they had a lot of work to do they just came out uh it just came out in theaters this past weekend and 
I gotta say, I'm I'm the fact that they went back and and reworked it based off of people saying no, this is this is not it, <laughs> this is not it. Um, hand you know hats off to them uh, because I am going to go and watch it strictly on the fact that they went back and and did the work. Uh, and listening to the fans, and uh, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I think it's it, it's worth it. You know, when somebody does that, you know, it is definitely worth it. Let's be honest, that first Sonic, no one knows what that Sonic was. That was like a, a Franken Sonic, and it just uh, weird. Uh, words cannot describe it. <laughs> I'm sure you can still find photos on the on the internet. Go look at it. You'll be like, what were they doing? Yeah, it is cool that they went back and fixed it. You know, and it makes sense in a couple of different ways. Even if people had liked the movie, the narrative still would have been, look at Sonic's design, what is that? And it would have changed the whole narrative about that movie. And, you know, by going back and fixing it and by leaving enough time for that controversy to kind of die down, it really gave them the best chance that it had to succeed. And, you know, between Sonic and Detective Pikachu last year, it seems like we might finally be at a turning point quality-wise and box office-wise with video game movies. Yeah, no, they did, uh, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure Sonic did had a better opening weekend than Detective Pikachu, mm-hmm. uh, so that in itself says something. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of like uh, this is kind of like how I, I had a conversation the other day about these publishers that are coming out with these AAA games that aren't ready. Then they go and they apologize and say, "Oh, we're sorry. We're gonna make it better. We got a, a relaunch." It's like. Why aren't we coming out with the quality, you know, something like that quality right out the gate? You're telling me that they looked at those designs of Sonic and said, yeah, that's it. That's our Sonic right there. That is impossible. That is impossible. So the fact that that design even made it to a point where where we were seeing it on a trailer, it's like, why pump the brakes. Why did nobody stop this before it got out? Um, <laughs> it, that that is beyond me. Uh, but uh, but kudos to them for for going in, uh, fixing it, giving it more to the expectations of of what the fans, the viewers are. I'll probably I'll take my daughter uh, to go see it. I know she watches the cartoon some. I'm familiar with Sonic. I didn't really have a a any kind of dog in a fight as far as with that uh, with that film, but I kind of feel like I do now just because I want to support the fact that they did go back and uh, did something about it. I would love to have been in the director's head or any of the producer's heads when that first trailer came out like were they really surprised were they like oh like do people not like that like right that I you're right it's baffling to me. It is nice that they took the time. It is nice that they're like, all right, we messed up. <laughs> let's go fix it. And hopefully let's let this movie kind of stand on its own two legs instead of having this giant elephant in the room looming over it. What will be interesting is if this can be a, a launching pad toward better quality video game movies overall going forward. What the video game movie genre has missed is its own dark night so to speak that one movie that elevated comic book movies from just comic book fun to oscar bait for lack of a better word to put it you know i think i'm excited for video games to someday get there right now i'm just happy that they don't stink yeah, no, I, I agree. They've, they've, because yeah, video games and, and blockbuster movies, they for some reason seem to be like oil and water. That uh, we've had the Street Fighters, uh, you know, which is, I mean, that's going to be a classic. That's a classic for me, but it's so terrible. That's why it's a classic. <laughs> Mortal Kombat was awesome. Uh, they didn't, they missed the mark when they when they came out with like an, an Annihilation, and I can't remember if there was a third one or not. But yeah, you're right. There really hasn't been those huge. I, I felt like uh, Detective Pikachu did a pretty good job of capitalizing on, um, you know, being able to, to come out as a legit uh, video game movie. I think that really helped to step up the bar uh, for those that are involved within that industry and whatnot. Here's something that I think is interesting, though, is is now when you're talking about VFX and, and, and in film, and I don't know if you got very familiar with the uh, the film industry, but a lot of times these are, the, the, VF, the VFX houses are, are production companies um, that they're they're basically sending these stuff out to you. Here's what we need to do. They don't get paid the blockbuster money, right? Okay, they they 
usually or in a lot of times from what I've read and, and people I've spoken with because I, I have friends that are in the industry as well is that they get overworked a lot of the times for for very small compensation um, and then also they are they are super overworked so you know again coming back with something like this I, I kind of felt bad at the same time because you knew that this was going to lean heavily on the VFX team to come back around on a second pass through and correct the the mistakes that were originally done and and I believe that VFX company has now is closed I believe, which is which is typical. Uh, usually, there is a is a type of uh, per project basis when these companies will open up. They'll run through the project and then they'll uh, and then they'll close down afterward. Um, so it, it'd be interesting. I would love to have been, you know, I'd love to know as far as how intensive that was on the VFX side and for that team. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that must have been really intense and a lot of focus, a lot of dedication, a lot of no weekends. You know, it is kind of unfortunate that a lot of times the VFX teams kind of get thrown under the bus by directors and actors and and everybody. Um, when really they were just under the creative vision of a director. So I mean, it, it's it's sad that nobody stopped and said, "Hey, is this really the sonic design that's going to work?" Um, I'm glad they pulled it off. Yeah, it it is quite sad though that these VX, VF, VFX teams, excuse me, kind of get the grunt of the criticism, and then they have to go in and put in all these hours and hours. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let me ask you a question: for video games, like a blockbuster video game uh, uh, movie, what would you like to see uh, come out as a blockbuster film? Oh man! So what? What video game properties would I like to see be made into movies? They've teased us with so many that have been canceled that I've always <laughs> been game for. Um, you know what? I would like to see an Uncharted movie. Which, by the way, hopefully that will turn out okay. Yeah. Um, but that just has the potential to be a new Indiana Jones for a new generation. So I mean, the games got that feeling down of a blockbuster and all the set the set pieces. So I feel like that lends itself to an action film pretty easily. Um, there's a lot of games that I thought could be like I always thought Bioshocks. The yeah. Bioshocks would make fantastic films uh, if handled correctly. I think that the the cool thing about games is these stories can go in so many weird directions that they could they you can support the indie films you can support blockbusters like I I just let's dive in yeah and I'm kind of surprised that they don't kind of lean heavier on some of these games and and like looking to pull stories into you know into that mainstream blockbuster uh, film maybe it's because uh, they haven't done you know historically well in the past but I mean look at like I mean a lot of films I feel are also pulled from novels books and things like that so so maybe it's just within the uh, the adaptation of the story and these characters that they've kind of missed the mark I feel like they try to make it something more than what it is as opposed to being genuine with who these characters are playing off of the the plot lines and some of the stories that you've already gotten built up from the games it's like take that you already have a universe you already have everything now you just need to apply these characters to new interesting ways and expand that universe uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, especially within uh, you know just just films where they go and if they do start taking on some more of these video games as films i think it'd be pretty exciting because there's all kinds of crazy good games that i think would work amazingly in a film fashion there are i am just looking forward to some really good video game movies to push the resident evil series out of my head (laughs) i don't understand how that got as many sequels as it did i don't understand why people kept seeing them i don't understand why people if you do like them, I'm sorry. I don't see it. <laughs> there's a lot of people that like. Well, and I don't know if it's necessarily the 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 movies. There's a lot of people that love the games. I, and I, I think do it's get that, that love for the games that they're able to swallow <laughs> what they're being fed in films. I just feel like that. that okay, I'm like the Resident Evil series at its best was okay to me, and at its worst was a pile of junk. And yeah. I just I don't get it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm kind of with you on that as well. I I've never been a and I've played a couple of them, uh, but I was never really. I was more interested in seeing a Silent Silent Hill, mm-hmm. uh, which did they did they do a silent they did do a Silent Hill film, right? They did, yeah, yeah, yeah yep. that's right. And I thought that was I thought they did okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not I wasn't huge into the Silent Hill series, so 
I'm just, you know, I, I'm speaking from a, a very basic uh, knowledge base uh, for that game and for that film. But uh, I, I didn't really hear too many negative things from people or people that are our fan uh, or fans uh, of that series. So I, I felt like they did an okay job. And that's kind of one of those genres I feel like you can play with. Horror, mystery, like those things translate well to film. Yeah, I will say the potential is there for the video game movie genre to be as big as the comic book movie genre. They just need to get it right. Yeah, no, I agree. And you also have just kind of switching gears here a little bit. We've got some uh, some some PlayStation news. You want to you want to lay that on us? Yeah, so there's been a couple of reports that the production cost of the PS5 is going to cost right around $450, which means well, obviously, we still don't know what that means for price because Sony's going to wait till after Microsoft goes. But, I mean, not that anyone thought it was going to be $400, but that officially eliminates the $400 price range from probably PS5, um, probably puts it at 500 at the lowest. That's what I would think as well. But again, you know, I, I think a, a big part of this, too, is they're waiting for uh, for Xbox to show their hand. And I'm guessing they'll just undercut that price. What that means, though, is, is I mean, you got 450 for production. They are definitely going to be looking at either making minimal uh, profit or zero profit out the gate, which, you know, and I said it before, I think that's smart because they need that jump on the sales, you know, if they want to, if they want to continue being, you know, the popular brand that they are and, and continue bringing in uh, that money because you can't, and we saw it before. And again, this was years ago when the PS3 came out and there was issues as far as with the pricing. I think people nowadays, especially that, that demographic, we're older now, mm-hmm. uh, we're making more money. So I feel like, you know, a, a 500, maybe even a 550 is still palatable, palatable, palatable. <laughs> we can Palatable. speak we promise yeah 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 <laughs> what what <laughs> you know i i think that you know especially with that demographic um it, it seems a little more reasonable and maybe wouldn't be so outside the realm of believability now as as to where back in in uh uh for the play playstation 3 it was just like parents were not spending that kind of money that's for sure we know that Right. And, you know, the more I've thought about it, you know, 500, 550, that, that people can swallow and, and people can accept that. I, you know, it's funny when you get up to even at those prices, a $50 difference between these two consoles can make a huge difference. If you look back to some of the past generations, if you look back to the PS30, Xbox 360, Wii generation, obviously the Wii, not even a high def console, but that $250 price point sold it to so many people. Yep. You look at even the next generation when the Xbox One launches at, with the Kinect and, and they come in much higher than the PS4, I mean, that put them behind the eight ball right away. Even the slightest price difference can change the narrative in terms of value. And when you're when you're reaching those kind of prices, the value proposition is what's going to stick out. Yeah. So what do you when do you think they're going to actually announce this stuff? When are we going to start getting some hard, concrete facts? You're probably I'm. What are your thoughts on that? You know. If you go by recent history, Sony had announced something about the PS4 in February. It wasn't much, but they held an event, and then the the rest of the de- details came at E3. Obviously, Sony's not going to be at E3. So Microsoft, I mean, they've got to announce something at E3. They've got E3 to themselves, basically. Right. So I would expect a huge show, some huge, you know, all the, the fancy stuff they want to do with that. Sony, I could see them coming in very soon after. I mean, if you think about it, if if the rumors are true and they're going to uh, launch this winter, uh, this fall in November, they're running out of time to start building that lead up. So, it, I mean, it's got to happen between now and, and E3. I would think so. I, I sure hope so. I, I, I just need the details. Give me the details, okay, so that we can start uh, planning accordingly and saving our money or our money uh, accordingly uh, for these. But uh, yeah, I'm. And and here's another thing too. And I don't think that there's any. I haven't heard any talks about this or anything. Or I don't even know if this is it would be a thing. But could you see them increasing the price of games at all? You know. It's funny because it seems like the price, the increase in price of games might be more of a tough sell to people. Mm-hmm. You know, when we went from 50 to 60, there was a lot of pushback at first, like a lot. Um, I think if the price of the console wasn't 
higher than we're thinking, I could see that. I think if it comes in at 600 or above and you're going to try and charge more for games, that's a one-two punch that I think will make a lot of parents mad. And, you know, certainly people like me that are a little more budget conscious, that's going to change the math significantly. Yeah. I I hope that's not going to be the case. I don't think that there's nothing hinting towards that. But I I mean, just getting to think about, you know, if we get to a point where they're not making enough of a profit margin, you know, will they look in a different area to try to make up uh, for that profit loss? Right. And, you know, I understand that games are are super expensive to make, especially at the the big studios. It's just, uh, it's a tough sell because, you know, if you're going to charge Say we give it $500 is the price, uh, and now you're going to charge 70 or $80 a game. All of a sudden, then, you're out the door at 600 bucks almost Right. And for one game. I mean, that... Uh, and we talked about that, too. It's like, I mean, at that point, you might as well get a, a gaming PC, right. call it done. You can use Humble Bundle or, or yep. Fanatical or anything to get cheap games. Uh, it almost kind of <laughs> makes having a console uh, pointless. I will say this. I hope if the price is going to be more than 500 I hope they announce it soon because that at least gives people like me time to be like, all right, I can budget out from now till right. launch and do it. If you surprise me and say it's $600, but the price isn't revealed to two months or a month before launch, I'm be like, well, I'm skipping it at launch because now I don't have the time to get that money together. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, obviously a lot of it is contingent on how uh, how Xbox plays it out. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get more details uh, here at E3, and then things will start unfolding. Then Sony will come in, and they'll make their announcements and and all that good stuff. So uh, you know, obviously, I'm I'm super excited to uh, um, get these new consoles in our homes and and start playing the new uh, new generation of games. Yep, and you know what? Moving on for a little bit here, we got a great local interview to bring you guys. Uh, the Level Up Expo is about to enter its eighth year here, and uh, it'll be over at the Las Vegas Convention Center this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we got a chance to sit down with Colton Pipkin and Lauren Chen, two of the organizers of the event, and uh, they were a joy to talk to. Yeah, they 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 uh, uh, it was nice. It was a nice interview being able to sit down, kind of talk about how they started uh, getting into how the the festival and the the expo started building up, how big it's gotten. I mean, have you seen the the, the guests that are going to be there? But and obviously, I'm a I'm an Overwatch fanboy. Uh, but there's a bunch of the voice actors that are going to be there. I am seriously, I I I, I am going to fangirl out uh, when I see them and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that's coming up this weekend. Uh, we got a chance to talk with them. Uh, Let's let's go ahead and, and and see how that interview went. Ryan and I are joined today by two very special guests, Colton Pipkin and Lauren Chen with Level Up Expo. It's coming right around the corner, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Glad I to know- be here. Thanks. You know, I know we're both really excited for this. Take me back to the beginning. What got you guys started with Level Up and how has it kind of evolved through the years? So we originally just were really into video games and we've always have and we used to have people come over and we would just play video games all the time. And that turned into, uh, hey, let's do a community event and get a bunch of people together and let's see how that evolves. And we just, uh, we were expecting about 200 people our first year and about seven to 700 to 1,000 showed up. And we just thought, wow, we can really make this something. Well, we would also uh, dress up and go to other conventions because we're super nerds. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as it turns out that, you know, driving six to eight hours to another state right. while trying to keep all of your, your equipment in place and not break is not nearly as fun as just dressing up in your home <laughs> and just going out to the convention center and having a good time, right. you know? Mm-hmm. When you guys first started, you know, wh- where do you envision this going and how did you see it kind of forming and shaping from there? You know, we, we, we just wanted to do something fun. You know, when it first started off, we didn't think, you know, it was going to get too crazy. And then we, we kind of had a real eye-opening moment that first year when we had so many people of, oh, this this is getting bigger than we thought. So next year, you know, we dipped into our savings a little bit more and we put more money into it and it got bigger and then more people started noticing. And 
other groups started reaching out to us and saying, Hey, you should get these guests and include, you know, this genre, or you should do this. And then year, year four, somebody came up with the idea of like, Hey, you guys should do wrestling at your show. There's a lot of nerds into wrestling and there's just nowhere for us to, to congregate here in Vegas. So we were like, okay, you know, that's, that's cool. I don't know how well it's going to work. It is one of the best events at level up expo. These wrestlers look forward to it all year. They dress up as, you know, Spider-Man and the, so it's not just normal wrestlers fighting each other. It's Spider-Man versus Joker. It's Goku nice. versus Vegeta. You know what I mean? So it, it became a really cool, fun, interactive thing. And that's just, that's how we've grown to hit so many different genres and types of people is just groups hitting us up every year and getting involved and wanting to collaborate, just surely trying to make something cool. Right. We're essentially a melting pot of fandoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I noticed that as well. Just, you know, you have video games, you've got uh, streamers coming, mm-hmm. uh, you've got cosplay, wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it really is a, a diverse group. Uh, but I think it's kind of indicative, too, of just the Las Vegas culture mm-hmm. and the people that are out here. It, right. And I know people really appreciate having, you know, something like this that's right here in our backyard. And just looking at the guest list, uh, kind of talk us through this. I mean, you guys have some huge names. I'm a huge Overwatch nerd. Oh, so I'm nice. totally going to be fanboying there. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Talk us through like some of, uh, you know, just when you guys started as far as with that and the guests and now you got, you know, Overwatch voice actors and Dragon Ball, you know, voice actors come in. So I'm also a huge Overwatch fan. Yes. Like that's the game I'm playing still to this day <laughs> and I can't wait for Overwatch 2. Yes. Um, I went to Colton. And I'm like, hey, we got to get an Overwatch lineup going. I know people are going to love it as much as we love it. And not to mention they are the funnest yes. guests mm-hmm. to work with. Yes. So Johnny Cruz, the guy who plays Lucio, might be one of the coolest people on the planet. Uh, we had met a couple of years ago at a convention and I got his uh, email and I had just emailed him and said, hey, man, you know, um, I don't really like dealing with agents. Is there any way that, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. Do you want to come out and be a guest? And can you introduce me to Genji, Farah, Diva? I didn't know their real names at right. the time, you know, and all these <laughs> other people. And it was I, I didn't even expect anything of it. And within 15 minutes. I'm getting emailed uh, introductions to all these people like, oh, hey, what's up, Jen? This is, you know, Colton with Level Up Expo. Like his event's so cool. I'm going to come out and we're going to have a good time and you should come too. And he did that, you know, for all of the the Overwatch desks that we have coming out, which was super awesome. He didn't have to go that far and he did, but, which is why Johnny Cruz is one of the coolest guests we've ever worked with. Yeah. You know, Farrah's my main too. Just going to say oh, that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we, yeah, because I'm, We've and we've seen it too, where it's 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 interesting just how you know, especially here a, a, a local um, event like this. Uh, you know, we were kind of talking before we started uh, this interview, just how you guys used to go out to you know driving six, seven, eight hours to mm-hmm. go to conventions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, it, it's huge being able to have an event. And something like this. I mean, you guys started. Uh, this is your what year is this? This will be our eighth year. This eighth will be the eighth year. Yes. Eighth year operating. Nine years of planning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is. Yeah. No. That's fantastic. Where Where do you guys see? So we're we're going into that. Um, where do you guys see? Where do you guys want to go? I know that this. I mean, I feel like this is. Every year it gets bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger. Uh, what are some of your guys' future plans? Where do you guys kind of want to see this? Go. Well, you know how big Las Vegas Convention Center is? Mm -hmm. Goal would be to fill up that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, every year we set a personal goal of, you know, hey, we want to do this or we want to break these numbers. Originally, it was, you know, we want to be the biggest nerd convention here in Vegas. And then that we we already blew past that. You know what I mean? This year, just sheer space alone, we're taking up about 250,000 square feet. And next year, we're already planning to take on another 100,000, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's really just blown up every year you know what i mean and every year we set a new goal and more people show up than we expect and it just gets bigger and bigger you know when you guys were planning this what were some of the the biggest lessons you guys had to learn you talked about your first year expecting 200 it was mm-hmm. more like 800 when something like that happens what are those lessons that you you learn that you've taken forward oh budget man expense sheets and budget Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that those are your best friends yeah it's because it's really easy to say oh yeah you know buy that and oh that's only fifty dollars and oh that's only a hundred dollars but when you're making those decisions thousands of times you know after our second year we thought that we only spent around forty thousand on the show and then it ended up being eighty six thousand right oh my goodness you know so it's just it definitely just 
make sure you know where everything is going and you plan it out accordingly, you know? The other thing, too, is uh, when you're working with so many exhibitors and artists and attendees, there's bound to be fires that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, just expect it. And you have to really stop and not panic and assess the situation and find the solution right away. If you can take me back to that first year, you know, if your expectations were just a couple hundred, what was going through your mind when you guys started to realize that you were blowing past that? So I had printed badges from my home computer, okay, (laughs) and I'd only (laughs) printed maybe 250 because that's how many people said that were coming, and I'd only purchased maybe uh, 250 lanyards, and I remember running to Walmart running to multiple Walmarts to get more uh, credentials and every lanyards and everything to get that going. It was, it was insane. Yeah. And it was really cool too, because our first show was 10,000 square feet. You know what I mean? It was, it was closet con and it was at Henderson uh, convention center. Yeah, oh, okay. It was at Henderson convention center. And you know, every single person that came had a blast. You know what I mean? We didn't get bad reviews. We didn't, you know, everybody was so grateful that we even like put this on and was just super cool. And we even did, um, because the Harlem shake video thing was really popular at the time. So we did a Harlem shake video that, uh, that turned out really, really well. And it was super cool. And yeah, so that was, that was our first year, you know? Nice. And I can't find that video, so if anybody ever does, yeah. please send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us uh, activities after. Uh, I know that you guys have uh, the after party and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Describe that to us a little bit. Yeah, so the uh, Level Up Expo official after party is going to be at the HyperX Esports Arena. Beautiful venue if you've ever been. Uh, it will be 21+. plus. And the first 250 people will get a complimentary Red Bull cocktail. Yep, sponsored by Red Bull. Shout out. Nice. Um, other than, you know, I know that you guys have, uh, what, what are some of the things that we can expect this year? Um, maybe take us down into, I know that, you know, there's gonna be cosplays. You talked about the wrestling a little bit. Uh, you guys going to have tournaments. Are there going to be any gaming tournaments? Yes. So, uh, some of our most popular tournaments we're having is our smash tournament. That's number one. And then Fortnite. We also have CSGO, Minecraft, Tekken. Am I missing any? I am missing one. Uh, we have a ton. Dragon Ball's Fighter Z. That's the other one. And then tons of tabletop top um what else uh we have a lot of old school retro tournaments too which i'm super pumped about because i just turned 30 um so i mean we have original halo we have original smash we have a crash bandicoot we have mario kart tournament so just basically kicking it back uh you know what i mean to those good 90s and early 2000 games which we all got hooked on uh initially and you know what surprisingly it's very very popular we we have a lot of people who are traveling, you know, out of state specifically for our tournaments. Like we had a team sign up yesterday that's coming out of uh, Arizona that's coming for the Tetris tournament. Oh, wow. You know? okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we really, we really, really want to make sure that, you know, if you're a gaming nerd, if you're an anime nerd, if you're a cosplay nerd, if you're a comic nerd, if you're a wrestling nerd, we want all the nerds. You know what I mean? That's what we're about. We want to make sure that we have something for everybody. Also, uh, Unis Technology just came out with this on-point game. It's basically uh, an airsoft gun that mm-hmm. shoots at the screen, and it's incredibly accurate. It's going to be free to enter the tournament, and they're doing $1,000 in gift cards. Mm-hmm. So. And the technology that's there too, it's not like you can turn the gun and shoot out into the, you know, the audience or it somehow senses when somebody is in front of it and then the gun doesn't shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a really, really cool technology. And that's just one of the small um, arcade things that we're going to have. You know, we're going to have 50 plus old school arcade cabinets all on free play. We have Glow Zone, which is a really cool... Um, it's a really cool like event center here in town, kind of like a Dave and Buster's type oh, thing. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So really they yeah. they have a giant forty by forty space where you can see you know a giant Space Invaders and a ton of other of their cool arcade machines that they're bringing out for the show, so people can experience it. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. You know, when you guys are putting together all these programming, what goes into those decisions? Are you getting feedback from the community, and and how do you ultimately decide what you're including? Well, we have an A team that we cannot do the show without. And it's really just a bunch of us working together to create the programming and the pamphlets and schedules and put this whole thing on together. So it's a collaboration of everybody. Yeah, and we get, you know, we get cool ideas that come to our desk 
every day. You know, um, one, one really cool idea, which I was bummed that we weren't going to be able to implement this year was there was a big LARPing group out of California that wanted to come up and set, set up like a, a giant, um, a giant LARPing battle, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? With, with foam swords and foam <laughs> yeah. shields. And I'm not talking like 20 versus 20. Like theirs, theirs are usually like 300 versus 300. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so when I saw the video, I was just like, oh man, I want this so bad. Yeah. And then I look back at Lauren and she's like, well, insurance wise, <laughs> this is logistically, it's going to be a nightmare. And I was what like, do you mean? Ooh. Adulting? Yeah. <laughs> so not this year, but hopefully next year for sure. That would be something that would be really, really cool. Awesome. Do you guys now, I know with the Raiders coming in town, uh, the new stadium coming up, and I know that, you know, we kind of talked about this in a past episode, uh, but they're going to be having a Twitch lounge out there Mm -hmm. and doing events and things like that as well. Have you guys reached out or, or do you guys have any plans on maybe working with them or partnering up with them? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we try to collaborate with everybody here in town. So we're just kind of waiting for the stadium to get built and everybody to be in place for us to actually make those connections and relationships. But absolutely, we want to make sure that we we touch every aspect of Vegas. Yep. You know, I know that every year you're going to get new people. So if they're walking up to Level Up Expo for the first time, what can they expect? What are they going to experience? I mean, from an outside perspective, um, the first thing they're probably going to think is like, oh, this is Halloween in the middle of the year, you know, (laughs) because I want to say a good 75% of our attendees come dressed up and not just, you know, normal outfits. Dude, you'll see guys in, you know, seven foot Gundam cosplays, you know what I mean? You'll just see some of the coolest things you've ever seen in your life coming to Level Up Expo, you know? Um you know, there's there's years where I'm like, oh, my God, that Batman costume is better than what I've seen in some of the movies. You know what I right. mean? Like and these people made them themselves. You know what I mean? Right. So that's really cool. You know, and, and to be a part of Vegas, you know, to have this this convention grown, to see everything in esports and video games kind of growing along with the city. What have you guys seen and, and where do you think the future of video games and esports in the city is going? You know. We're we're definitely becoming the mecca for for esports here in the nation, which is really really cool. Um, and it just kind of happened that way, mm-hmm. you know. This was this was before we even decided to do a nerd convention. Um, and just every year, it seems like you know you have you have Evo, you have our show, you have you know Capcom that comes out and does their tour. You have other events that come out and are either at the the esports arena or at another casino and. This is the only place where that's really happening. Like, yes, you have some stuff in California, you have some stuff in Atlanta or on the East Coast, but here in Vegas, it's at least once a month. And then it's getting to the point where it's, you know, every two weeks. And then I can see it even being something to where there's, there's something going on in the esports world every single week out right. here, you know? Yeah, no, and, and it, we, we've kind of discussed that too, just how Las Vegas is prime to just explode yeah. on the esports uh, scene, uh, video games, just in, in general. Um, you see casinos, you know, they're getting mm. more into these skill-based games. Yeah. So, you know, anytime, and especially for me, like anytime I see these big money people saying, oh, let's, uh, you know, they're, they're investing in it, they're looking at it and right. stuff like that, right. it's like, all right. Something, yeah. something is there, yeah. and it, it is on the cusp of it. Yeah, right. and they're, every year the casinos are getting a little bit closer with the skill gaming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When it first got implemented, I was like, oh, this is terrible. But the last uh, the last time I went into Caesars and I, tr- I tried one of them, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I, I can see myself actually spending money on this. This is pretty cool. It was like a zombie first-person shooter. You know, oh. the longer you survive, the more you win type of thing, which yeah. is right up my alley. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I've got I've to try that out sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so I'm going to put you guys on the hot seat real quick. Top five games of the decade. Go. Oh, man, of the decade? <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I, I play everything under the sun, but Witcher has to be number one. Um, and I, didn't, I did not expect that game to be as nearly amazing as it turned out to be, but mm. I fell in love with it. I started reading the books. The new Netflix series came right. out, so that was, that was really cool. It was just one of the most immersive games I've ever played. You know what I mean? To where it just it felt real. Um, Lauren, do you want to take the next one? I'll I'll take the next five if you want. Okay, let me. All right, let me get one more, and then you get the you get the rest. Um, oh, I thought we were doing five each. You could do five. Oh. E- yeah, no, oh, okay. five oh, each. Yeah, five oh, each. Man, no, I, didn't know, I didn't know we had time like that. Man. <laughs> okay, I, I got time. Um, so, have you guys played Neo yet? I have not, but I've heard great okay, things about so it. So, Neo is absolutely phenomenal because I was always an old school Onimusha fan. Okay, like all the original Onimusha fan or all the original uh, Onimusha games. 
it's it's essentially like a samurai version of Resident Evil, which got me early on. And I was like, oh, I love this genre. So when they came out with Neo, that was right up my alley. It was, you know, it was Dark Souls and Onimusha had a baby. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and then I'd start, I'd probably say number three, Sekiro, if you've ever played Sekiro, which is, I'm a, I'm a huge Dark Souls fan. Uh, Dark Souls three would probably be my next pick, but Sekiro is probably one of the most frustrating games I've ever <laughs> played in my life. I mean, my first real battle where you're, where, have you, you guys have all played, right? I haven't played it. I've watched I people have. on stream. I have. Okay. <laughs> it is, dude, I've never been more frustrated with a game <laughs> in my entire life to the point to where I thought I was going to crack the disc. Yep. You know what I mean? Like when you, you, you think to yourself like, oh, for, you know, you, you have a Dark Souls background, like, oh, okay, maybe by like the 15th, 16th time, you know, that I die, I'll get it. No, dude, I'm talking upwards of 40. I spend a whole day trying to kill a boss. I pick it back up the next day and I'm just like, dude, where, what is going on? You know what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, after that, I'd say Dark Souls. Um, Dark Souls has always been a huge genre for me. I'm so happy that it's got the success and the popularity yeah. that it's got right now mm-hmm. from number one. Because it seemed like number one number one was really cool, but it didn't have this, this fan following that it has right, right now that it blew up to. And then number two, people started feeling it more and more. And then number three, it kind of got out to where if like, oh, yeah, if you're a hardcore gamer and you like really really tough games dark souls is the franchise for you yep. you know so yeah i'd say how many was that four i think that, that was four, four. Mm-hmm. um okay so recently i'd say red dead redemption was was really really fun i mean it's 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 cowboy version of grand theft auto yeah you know yeah. what i mean can't go wrong with that yeah you can't <laughs> and you know i'd never played any of the other red dead games before or anything similar to Same. it so I just heard from a buddy. He's like, dude, you need to pick the if you like Grand Theft Auto and those kind of games, you need to pick it up because it's a whole new blend on that. And I did, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I'm so happy that I picked it up and it sucked up probably fifty hours of my life. Um yeah. Yep, so nice. that was me. So one of the ones I was gonna say was Red Dead Redemption. It's just so beautiful, even though it took forever to download. Yeah. It was but- like a hundred gigs, right? Oh, oh my like gosh, it was insane. Yeah. I had to delete so many things. <laughs> I, was, I was crying, deleting everything else. Um, but I'm not sure if this game was within the decade, but it is one of my favorite games of all time. It's Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. But yeah. I will cry when they come out with Left 4 Dead 3. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but <laughs> that'll happen. be an amazing day, and you're not going to see me for a couple of yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, Overwatch, of course. Yeah. And uh, I'm a big Call of Duty fan. I love first-person shooters, uh, Battlefield, those kind of games. So Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Just, just fill us in on the details. What, uh, so if people are walking up this weekend to buy a pass, how, mu- how much? So if you're buying a weekend pass right now, it's about 50 bucks for uh-huh. all three days. And, and that's online. That's uh-huh. online. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you come up and try and do it at the door, it's 60. So we do push people to try and do it online, mm-hmm. which this year has been the most successful of that. We have more people pre-registered than we've ever had mm-hmm. in the past, you know, mm-hmm. which is really cool and scary because – you know, so many people show up at the door that right. you just, for our kind of event, you just can't gauge how many people are going to show up, exactly. you know? Right. And it's it's really popular in our industry when a show goes from being good to well-known, mm-hmm. just a jump of, you know, 20,000 attendees. You know what I mean? So we're... We're we're getting up to that point. We're trying to be as cautious as, as possible and trying to make sure that we that we have everything in place for that, you know? Right. I think uh, one of the things everyone's really going to notice if you've been to Level Up Expo before is the aesthetics. We spend a lot of time uh, making sure the show looks nice. Uh, eventually, we'll get to the point of having carpet. Mm-hmm. I always bother him about that. That's the but, dream. Uh, That's just, the dream. just working on yeah. that. Like we have photo ops now. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to see the entryway. Like I'm so proud. Everyone's just gonna see it for three seconds. And be like whatever. But yeah, I'm just gonna be gazing at it yep. in awe. Yeah. Now we we definitely spent a lot of time, money, and effort to make sure that the show looks more beautiful this year yes. you know what i mean because now we're getting we're getting up there and we have the budget to where we can really start making it you know look nice and that's some that's something that we really wanted to drive home this year yeah right 
Oh, I, I I know, or I feel anyway that that gamers, nerds, all over all over the country, all over the world that that are coming out here, uh, they appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, I know, especially being out here in the city, having something like this uh, in our backyard is is fantastic, and I'm, I'm I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Ah, uh, thank you guys so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having us. Thank no you. Guys for Thanks for down. joining us. Thanks again, guys. That was a great interview. Ryan, I know we're both super excited. As you mentioned, Overwatch is going to be your, your highlight, I'm going to guess. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I am super pumped to meet uh, Nolan North and Troy Baker. I mean, oh, man, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for this. <laughs> Same. It's going to be a fantastic event. Uh, don't forget to check uh, uh, check on their website. I know there's going to be some uh, after parties happening as well over at the Esports Arena. I believe that's the official uh, where the official after parties are going to be at for that. So hopefully we see you guys out there. Uh, the Level Up Expo, this coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if o- you see us, say hi. Yeah, absolutely. Say what's up. Uh, hit us up. Connect with us. We'd love to uh, connect with you guys out there. Um, all right, um, you know what? It's time for our betonline.ag trivia question of the week. Betonline.ag is your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus. Your trivia question for this week is How much money did Sonic the Hedgehog make this opening weekend? And I feel smart because I actually know the answer to this one. <laughs> I've got one. Hey, Bam. Hey. <laughs> I will not be goose egg this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 still uh uh and we, we still need to uh because the last uh our last uh, uh trivia question, uh we're still looking to unite and I was terrible. I posted it super late and whatnot. Uh but if you guys have our, our last week's question was uh who was the winner or winners from the opening weekend of Overwatch League. So go ahead and send it out, guys. We will uh, read it here on the podcast and uh, get your names out there. And we, we appreciate you guys uh, uh, having some fun on, on our trivia segment. Exactly. And that was the betonline.ag question of the week. And as always, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, Land Parties Pod. You can also follow Ryan at Smitty2447 across all social media platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Lucas Agan. That's with Lucas with a K because I like to spell it weird. <laughs> and we hope to hear from you guys soon. We've got some great episodes coming up in the near future. And Ryan, uh, hopefully we'll see some of the, the listeners out there at Level Up. Yes, we will see you guys out there. And don't forget, we love your faces.